Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you season two of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. Podcasts. This is Reception Perception, the show. Now, James Cole and Matt Harmon. Uh, obviously, the the, the big, um, I think the news coming out of there, obviously, was that, that horrific Nick Chubb injury, man. Just brutal, brutal to see Nick Chubb go down with uh, what appears to be a very significant and uh, season-ending injury. Uh, there's real questions as to what he's going to look like as a player moving forward. That's how bad. Uh, the injury looked now okay in his stead Matt Harmon uh, we had a guy in Jerome Ford come out and uh, and look I mean look guy looked great man uh, you know 130 total yards averaged 6.6 yards per carry scored a receiving touchdown uh, and by the way it should be noted too like Chubb was cooking you know yeah. 10 carries for 64 like he was well on his way I think to having a really special game uh, but anyways it's Jerome Ford he comes in second year player uh, out of Cincinnati slash Alabama Man, when this guy was at Alabama, Matt, this, this dude had to play behind Damian Harris, Najee Harris, Josh Jacobs, and Brian Robinson. And then after two years, he's like, you know what? Enough is enough. I'm transferring to Cincinnati, for God's sakes. Yeah, day one and like day two draft picks uh, between the, everybody's playing behind in since, uh, at Alabama there. Uh, you know, just losing Nick Chubb just sucks. It just sucks, man, because he's such a fun player. I think he's probably yep. like – one of the most beloved guys in the league. Everybody speaks super highly of him. You know, he's like a, a workout warrior and he's, yep. he's, he's coming off of, or he had had a major injury to the same knee in college. You know, there was a point where right. like he suffered one of these injuries and people were like, Oh, is he done done like at Georgia? So he's such right. a good story. So it just, anytime you lose a player like that, and I know watching this game, um, like when Joe Buck said, you know, we have oh, been yeah. told the the Nick Chubb injury replay is not to be seen again. Troy Aikman's like, it's as bad as you can imagine. You know, because at first, like, you see it in real time, and you're like, oh damn, you know, like, oh, man, I, you know, that's 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 uh, Nick Chubb. He's getting he's mm-hmm. injured. Let's hope it's not serious. And then you hear right. that, and you're like, oh no, it's really serious. Right. And uh, <clears throat> it, it was brutal. Obviously, just feel for the guy, man. What a what a terrible thing to happen. And. Yeah, Jerome Ford. Oh, go ahead. I mean, no, I was going to say, I mean, the injury was so bad, Matt, that Willis McGahee was trending on Twitter. Like, that's oh, how no. bad yeah, you it was. Nope. You know? I mean, like, yeah. So, no, it, it was as bad as it gets. And, and yeah, I mean, look, I, you know, morbid curiosity. I know I'm not the only person that went on Twitter immediately after Joe oh, Buck yeah. said that and was like, really? Was it that bad? I mean, I, I, I mean, because on first look, it didn't, I mean, it, it would look like a tough tackle. 
but uh, didn't quite know how bad it was. And then, of course, you saw the replay on Twitter, and I was like, oh, yeah, okay. This is as, yeah, Joe Buck was correct, and uh, Troy Eggman was correct. It is as bad as it gets. But no, go ahead with Jerome Ford. No, I was just going to say, you know, Jerome Ford's been one of these guys, like, all offseason in fantasy that, you know, people are talking about as, as like, the clear-cut backup running back um, in in Cleveland because – they move on from Kareem Hunt. Obviously, we'll talk about Kareem Hunt here in a second. He's back on the roster now. Yeah, but crazy. And they move on from Kareem Hunt, never really show any interest in bringing him back. And I thought it was really interesting that all throughout the offseason, again, they're talking about how high they are on Jerome Ford and you know that they really liked what they saw out of him as a rookie. And right. then he gets this hamstring injury, and they keep him on the roster as the clear two. They don't go back to Kareem Hunt. They don't like right. call up Leonard Fournette. You know, all they do, they actually cut their right. other backup running backs and then trade for Pierre Strong with like a, a pick swap for the mm-hmm. Patriots, you know. So I thought they really showed a lot of faith in Jerome Ford all offseason to sort of be this guy. And yep, it's certainly a great environment for him. Like, you know, I know obviously they signed Kareem Hunt. I, I get that. But like, I think that Jerome Ford, if you went out before the Kareem Hunt news and like spent all your fab in, in fantasy – it's okay. Like you, yeah. you're. It's so rare that you're even going to get any sort of like potential difference maker. And if Jerome Ford comes out here and like seizes this job, he, he, even if he's he, look, he's not even going to be in like Nick Chubb's galaxy as a player because Nick Chubb's just like that that good. He's like a from a stats perspective, he's like trending towards a Hall of Fame type of career. He's been that good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He's not going to be that galaxy a player. He can still be a huge difference maker in fantasy. So, uh, yeah, Jerome Ford obviously is, is going to get a big opportunity here. It stinks that the first game out, they get to, they play the Titans, which is like <laughs> the best running uh, defense in the NFL. And actually, this will be the third backup running back that they faced because they faced Jamal Williams in week one. They That's faced right. Josh Kelly in week two, and now they're going to get Jerome Ford in week three. So <laughs> uh, look out, That's Joe crazy. Mixon, and like, who, what's going to happen with Joe Mixon? That Travion Williams is going to start week four, you know? So, um, right. But the Titans have always been a great run defense, so not a Damn. great matchup here in week three, but still big opportunity. Yeah, from an athletic standpoint, uh, Jerome Ford certainly has got the goods, 210. Four four six forty. Now his thirty one inch vertical is uh, that's below average, but you know again just a straight line speed looking pretty good. And uh, and quite frankly, you need a little bit of straight line speed when you're running these uh, stretch outside zone run plays that they're going to run there uh, in. Um, I want to keep saying Cincinnati because he went to Cincinnati in uh, in Cleveland. But <clears throat> can we talk about Kareem Hunt though? Now last year he averaged three point eight yards per carry. And if you go online, Matt Harmon, you you will not find uh, a single person who says anything good about Kareem Hunt, okay? <laughs> no, you it are is, not. It, it is a tough find, okay? Everyone says this man is cooked. And I was like, you know, is he that cooked, though? Because, you know, when I watched him play, I was like, yeah, he certainly has lost a step. Part of it, I think, was his general disinterest, I think, in playing football and in playing for this particular Cleveland team. Like, he wanted a, a contract extension, didn't get it. He wanted to get traded, didn't get it. Um, and, and so he went out in free agency and didn't quite get the contract that he wanted here, right? Obviously. I'd say uh, not. But, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> His sign on September 20th, you didn't get what you wanted. Tough. It's real tough. Okay, so I go back and I look at some next-gen stats on Kareem Hunt. Actually, not as bad as everyone is making him out to be, okay? So uh, among 66 qualified running backs, right, he, aver- he actually ranked 65th in terms of yards before contact. Right. And yards before contact, it's partly a running back 
stat, but a lot of that is offensive line and blocking and those kind of things, right? So mm-hmm. he he was 65th in yards before contact, right? If you just gave him league average yards before contact numbers, you could tack on another 0.6 yards per carry. That would lift him hmm. to like 4.4 yards per carry. I mean, again, well within and slightly above league average. Right. And then I go back and I look and I'm like, God, am I just misremembering? Because I really remember him ripping off some big chunk runs. Right. And no, actually, I didn't misremember because the guy was actually above league average in regards to explosive run rate. And explosive run rates are, are, are runs of 10 plus yards. Right. So slightly above league average there. And in fact, on outside runs, Hunt had an explosive run rate of 14.1%, according to Next Gen Stats. That's the 11th best among running backs with at least 100 carries. Right. Should be noted. Raheem Mostert, number one, should not surprise some folks after watching his performance week number two. Mm-hmm. But again, Kareem Hunt, I, I just I don't think he's like super toast like everyone is making out to be. I'm not saying he's great, but if he could be a league average running back in this system in a Kevin Stefanski run scheme. I don't know. I, I, there, he's going to have some games where the Jerome Ford guys are going to be pissed off. You know what I'm saying? There's going to be games where Kareem Hunt actually doesn't get, uh, does actually get involved in this game plan. Totally. I think that's fair. I think it is a little concerning for Kareem Hunt that two teams worked him out in the, or it was actually, it was three teams. The the Vikings got in on it too, but the one I'm really remembering is that the Saints, Saints. had him in after the, um, right. it, the Camara suspension was going to be announced and then the Colts get on the blower with him and they're like, Hey, no, 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 no. Right. Come, come on down to Indianapolis. Yeah, 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 Don't yeah, work yeah. out for the saints. Come work out for us. We got this old Jonathan Taylor thing going on. Like you can probably start, you know, you can probably start for us. Shoot. We know we've got <laughs> Deion Jackson and Zach Moss and all these guys come on down to Indianapolis. And then he does that. And then they don't sign him. That, right. that does make me think that something, right. you know, that, that, you know, they're, they're seeing something or they're not seeing something they'd like to see right out of Kareem Hunt. So that does make me a little nervous with Kareem Hunt, but you're right that they'll, they need a second pitch. Okay. Like Jerome Ford yeah. doesn't even really profile as a guy that's just going to, because no running back does, right? Like the only running back who plays like all their team snaps for a long duration is Christian McCaffrey. Like that's it. Everybody else is getting subbed out somewhere. I mean, there's a couple random guys doing it right now, like Kyron Williams and Zach Moss, but <laughs> talk to me. Like, talk Zach to me. Moss played 98% of the team snaps. There wasn't another running back that played a single offensive snap. Well, did Colts. you watch the Zach running backs Moss. that played in week one? I think that might be why. Like that that was one. Very rarely in fantasy do you get yeah. um, do you get a, a guy that you know you need to pick up just by watching his teammates. And yes. like coming out of week one, it's like, I know Zach, right. like let's do like – Week two waiver wire, got to be Zach Moss, bro, because you can't th- – those <laughs> running backs in so India bad. were a disaster. So, <laughs> Horrible. Uh, right. Anyways, yeah, so rarely do we see some, one running back just dominate workload like that. I don't expect Jerome Ford to do it, um, but I, I do expect Kareem Hunt to mix in. I don't know. My question yeah. to you about all this, too, is like – and this is, I think, the, the crux of where Cleveland goes from here after Nick Chubb because – Despite the fact that they paid their quarterback, you know, two hundred fifty million dollars, all guaranteed, and all yeah. that, this offensive identity is the run game. This offensive identity well, is, yeah. yeah, it's been it's been Nick Chubb. Um, I have uh, pointed this out that the kind of the kind of sort of what's going on here is like the offense that Nick Chubb. You know, it has been the centerpiece of the Kevin Stefanski has run, and like the mm-hmm. offense that Deshaun Watson thrived in in Houston 
right. just doesn't overlap. No, there's not no. a direct overlap there. Like they want their quarterback under center. They want their quarterback, you know, right. um, kind of doing play action and all this stuff. Whereas Deshaun Watson's like off script in the shotgun, all that stuff. I, I mean, I don't even know if Watson can do that stuff anymore, but that was what he did well in Houston. So do we see now the Cleveland Browns without their best player on the field sort of remake the offense on the fly is Stefanski capable of doing that? Um, is he going to do it? And sort and and if if so, does that have uh, does does that have any sort of ability to save Watson's career and and quite frankly, Kevin Stefanski's job? Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. I think, well, what you just hit on are two different things there. And, and honestly, I don't think both things can can exist at the same time. I don't think that Deshaun Watson, his, I don't think his career can thrive under Kevin Stefanski. And you and I have talked about a little bit of oil and water there in Cleveland. Um, and it's all that shotgun spread them out stuff versus all the stuff that you're going to do under center. Stefanski um, ha- has picked up that outside zone run scheme and he's been really good at it and he's been really good at play action. Uh, these are not like turning his back to the defense that this, these are not things that Deshaun Watson is really known for. I, I mean, mm-hmm. again, you go back to what he did in Houston. It's like you spread them out, man, and you just let Deshaun Watson read the field and let him go. You know, so they need to find a. They need to find. To be honest with you, they need to find a running back that can run some like, you know, shotgun power. Because I think that to me would be a way for them to still keep that run game alive, uh, while also utilizing what um, uh, Deshaun Watson could get done, man. So I, I, the problem to me is I think right now what they've got with their coaching staff and their quarterback just it's like this, man. You know, it, it just, it, it, they're button heads. They're really trying to figure out what to get done. And, and it just doesn't seem, it doesn't seem like the right fit, man. So uh, to me, I feel like Stefanski, they might move on from Stefanski this off season. Uh, if not sooner, Matt, because I tell you what, there were some expectations now mm-hmm. coming into Cleveland. You know, they made that trade for Elijah Moore. You know, they're, fi- they're figuring a full, you know, off season training camp regimen here for Deshaun Watson. There really were some, you know, some expectations. And you, by the way, you mentioned it, that defense is playing real well. That defense is playing out of their minds right now. That offense is not holding up their end of the bargain. And I point to it all the time. When you've got a head coach who is supposed to be what? He's not supposed to be a defensive guy. He's supposed to be an offensive guy. Well, if your offense stinks up the joint and you're an offensive head coach, okay, there's a problem here, right? So I'm just saying Stefanski's seat's going to get real hot real soon. Yeah, and I don't even think it's his fault. I think that, you know, look, he, everybody in Cleveland has to have blood on their hands for the Watson trade because right, nobody, I mean, I'm sure when and if these guys all get fired, they'll all sort of, you know, off the record or anonymously tell like, or even maybe publicly, they'll come out and they'll be like, yo, this is an ownership decision. And like, we were told to like get in line or get out. Right. And we all right. wanted to keep our jobs and blah, blah, blah. That stuff will come out there. But um, you know, I think Stefanski's a really good offensive coach. 
Same. And I think Same. I think they've des- they have designed a good offense that has worked there. <laughs> it's just this quarterback's not a good fit for it. And you know, if, if I'm Stefanski, I'm I'm definitely concerned because I think he is I think he is on the hot seat, and I think he will be the fall guy if Watson doesn't work out. That's how it always goes, even yep. with quarterbacks like. Even with quarterbacks that aren't with a questionable off the field, you know, questionable person, questionable morality stuff like Watson, right? The the (laughs) first person to get the blame is not the quarterback that you paid $250 million to. It's the coach. It's the supporting cast. It's all this other stuff. But yeah, honestly, I would argue the offensive line's not perfect, um, but they're definitely better run blocking than they are pass blocking. I I totally get that. Uh, But it's a decent offensive line. Again, you have a great run game. The receivers are getting open. It's not an offense problem in in Cleveland. It's a quarterback problem. Like it's yeah. period. And and dude, I, there I don't know. I just don't even know like what to do with that. If you work, if you're Kevin Stefanski, honestly, I'd almost I like I, I don't know what to, I just don't know what to do because this guy he has no feel for the game anymore. Like, and maybe yeah. he just never gets it back after the, all the time he went off that he had off all all that yeah. he you know that happened to him that he ca- he obviously caused himself he caused these problems. Yes. but he spent so much time away from the game. It just maybe he just never gets it back because when you watch, I mean, you wa- when you watch him play on Monday night and any other game since we've seen him in a Cleveland Browns uniform, he just doesn't. He just doesn't have, he didn't it. have like, it. He didn't have it. He does. He doesn't have it. Um, when he's under pressure, he's a four point nine YPA. His time to throw is three point nine seconds. That's an eternity when you're under pressure. He has no. He's taken eight sacks when he's under pressure. His like pressure to sack ratio is absurd. Um, his adjusted completion percentage is terrible. Generally, I I just it's hard to imagine a scenario where. Watson gets it back that that would be the only thing that I would say is like maybe if they just completely change the offense that they're doing to be more of what it was in Houston but I don't even have any faith he can do that so there's a couple things going on here right like one it's I don't see him throwing with a lot of conviction and and maybe that's just like oh I don't know Maybe that's just like an eyeball thing where it's like I, I've like fooled myself into thinking that I don't know who knows. But no, 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 no. Say- you're 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 totally right. He is late on everything, 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 everything. He just and like you said. So the question is, does he get it back? You know, Matt. I, I'll also say this. So there's there's that he doesn't throw with that conviction. That seems like a either like a confidence issue or he's just not seeing it like he used to see it. Man, but you know, you talk about that time to throw. Watson has always held the ball for a long time. That's just kind of sort of been his thing, right? Like you think about some of the scrambling that he's been able to get done. I mean, remember back in those Houston days, man, like how fun was it? Him scrambling around, then the new Hopkins and him on some mind meld. And like mm-hmm. they find each other on the sideline with some crazy, you know, grab where only Nuke can make, you know, that stuff was fun. Um, but his pocket presence to me oh. is just what happened to that? Like his pocket presence is gone. And when you watch him move, it's not like he doesn't still have the moves. He still has the the quick twitch stuff, but his, his just ability to like, uh, again, almost like Jedi mind trick, a defensive player into moving the wrong way or, or him making the right pocket reads. It's gone, bro. Like that stuff is just not there right now. So he's struggling to get out of the pocket. He's struggling inside the pocket and he's trying to do the stuff that he did five years ago and it's just not working. 
And he's not throwing with a lot of conviction, like I said, man. So there's a lot of things going on with Deshaun Watson, but I do think it's fair to say, man, now that we've had an entire offseason of him getting acclimated to the offense and those types of things, two games in, man, it doesn't look good. It doesn't look no. good at all. I think there's a real question mark, Matt Harmon, as to whether or not he ever gets it back. Yeah, and at this point, it would kind of be a surprise because we're like the evidence is starting to pile up. And again, Steelers' defense is good. Uh, Lou Anarumo, the Bengals' defense, they played them yeah, week one. Good. He obviously he's good. He can pitch heaters and he can really yeah. fool elite quarterbacks. So I, again, maybe we look. But like I said, with the Steelers' offense, if Deshaun and the guys can't get it done. Week three against the Tennessee Titans, the biggest, clearest pass funnel in the entire NFL right now. Can't run on the tight. <laughs> right. You can't run on the Titans, right, but you can right. throw on them. They're allowing All the highest de- average depth of target in the league right now. Yeah. Lowest percentage of hurry dropbacks in the NFL. If you can't do it against the Titans, I, then like if I have maybe ten percent faith he can ever get it back, that's going to crash to like one percent, zero percent because <laughs> this is right. an advantageous spot to bounce back, but. Man, it is just it's it's just it was obviously a stupid trade for a lot of different reasons, but you start yeah. to stack up the like football reasons and even that's stupid. All of it is so stupid. Like it's going to go down as the pro- right now it's trending towards going down as I mean, again, from the moral perspective, like the most morally bankrupt trade of all time and the worst <laughs> football trade of all time. That's uh-huh. that's where it's trending for Deshaun Watson and the Cleveland Browns and um, you know, the pocket presence stuff is so true. Like anytime got like the, we're talking about him when he's under pressure, pass rushers come in, his eyes are down immediately, immediately. And now all of this stuff is just compounding to the point that I can't even imagine how he has any confidence at this point. Yeah. And he was a guy that played I mean, with so much confidence yeah. in Houston. It's not too dissimilar to like Russell Wilson and, but Russell Wilson is like 33, you know, it's like 35, whatever, however old Russell Wilson is at this point. He's, he's right. in his thirties. He's a diminishing athlete. Like Watson might be a diminishing athlete here at this point in his career, but it's only because of the time spent away from the game. And I, yeah, the feel for it is the, is the biggest thing for me. Uh, yeah. I mean, again, I think I just feel like he's trying to get a lot of the stuff that he tried to do you know, back then, you know, and, and trying to do it now and just not working. Uh, by the way, Deshaun Watson, 28 years old, Russell Wilson, 34 years old. So, um, yeah, there's a little bit of time there. I, I, like I said, I don't see a, you talk about diminishing athlete. I don't see diminishing athleticism with Watson. It to me seems like a lot of it's upstairs, man. Um, right. and I, and I, and I do think in a, and it is fair to wonder whether or not, uh, he gets that back. 2400 sports is an odyssey company. 